0: Good evening. Good evening. Come on in, like, and share, and
1: notify. You are listening to More Than a Conqueror by the Northern Delaware chapter of GMWA. went on sale on the 26th, downloaded at iTunes. Come on in, share and notify and download. Share and notify and download. I have permission to play this music. Come on in, share and notify. Come on in, share and notify. Tell somebody that the Manifesting God podcast is on the air. Come on, and why you had to download more than a conqueror. Come on in, share and notify and download. Share,
0: notify, and download. Come on in, come on in. Hello, 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 hello. Hello.
1: Come on in, share and notify.
0: That's
1: it more than a conqueror that's what we are we're victorious in all things in all things come on even in my failures i'm still more than a conqueror on my bad days i'm still more than a conqueror my good days i'm an even more conqueror because god is good god is keeping us you know my thing if you're under the sound of my voice you're under the sound of my voice god has kept you so you're more than a conqueror yeah
0: I am not in no fight of faith, the battle of Oh, the can't turn me to Oh I am not in no fight of fear, but fear Oh, the not turn me to struggle. That's it. Victoria.
1: Go ahead and download now. I choose more, more more than a
0: catheter okay oh, Hey
1: download it now download it now so I your iTunes. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Thank you so much for joining. Again, this is the Manifesting God podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Let me first say hello, iHeartRadio. Thank you for joining. Thank you in Atlanta. Thank you in Kenya. Thank you in Ghana. Thank you. And uh where else am I looking at? Thank you. And where am I at Atlanta? Ghana say Kenya. Where else am I looking at? Thank you in Connecticut. Thank you in Philadelphia. Thank you in New Jersey. Thank you for joining me on today. To those that are listening by Podbean at thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you joining me on this evening. As you know, we are in a new series. I gave you all the definitions that I'm going to use on last week. I laid that foundation. If you have a moment, go back and listen once more. I'll repeat again today, but during our lesson, I'll repeat. So remember, we're in that That matters series where we want to understand how our faith, how what we believe affects and effects our outcomes, right? So, today I want to talk to you. I basically want to talk to you more so about um, a case for better living in the I'm sorry, serving in the shadow. Serving in the shadow, we're talking about um, a case for better serving. Serving key here in the shadow. See, because we need to understand that better literally lies in our understanding. I'm going to link the two for us tonight of eternity and. Eternity surpasses our normal existence in this world, in this world, in this world, we deal with the ebbs and flow of time and the natural, not so in eternity. I actually submit to you that if we cannot comprehend eternity, what it really means, then we don't have a spiritual concept of better. Since in our actuality, um, um, it doesn't solely exist in time and in seasons here on earth. But instead, understanding that we are spiritual beings and our earthly body, we can't forget that better for us is represented and encased in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, I mentioned that because in consideration of this series, Mindset Matters, uh, Matters, Unveiling the Influence of Faith in Our Reality, again, as I said last week, our belief systems have an impact on how we perceive and act on the aspects of our lives so um, and, and how we extend that belief and its associated systems to distinguish and understand it, we have to base that. We can base that. Remember I gave you three ways we can base that. We can base it through the church as in the gathering place. We can base it on the culture as in the world, or we can base it on the king. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And keep in mind, only one of those actually rests in eternity, and that would be the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in speaking of eternity or eternal life, Ecclesiastes emphasizes that God has placed a longing for eternity in the human heart. Heart. It's already there. As human beings created in God's image, in one uh, Genesis one twenty seven, we're designed. It's already there. We design with a natural inclination towards the eternal, towards better, towards better. Even Solomon suggests in his writings that human beings are not destined for mere existence. We are predestined and inherently drawn to something beyond life here on earth. John 3:16 and 1 John 2:25, they let us know that eternal life is a promise for those who believe in God. So that promise is already built on the inside of us, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Appeal the appeal of eternity, it literally stems from fulfilling the purpose of human creation to live in an everlasting relationship with God. That's where it comes from. That's where it stems from. So, so, no, sir, no ma'am longing for better is consistent with our purpose, is consistent with our creation. Now, now how we choose to live out that purpose, you know, it's going to align with what we believe and what system that belief is associated with because it's that system that's going to guide us. That's why it's so important that we take the time to understand when we're considering our mindset and how much it affects and effects our reality, it's important that we consider what exactly it is that we believe, because we don't want to be guided by a system that we didn't intend, that, our, that we didn't intend that our beliefs align with, or that we didn't even know our beliefs were aligned, with. we didn't even know that that's what was guiding us. We had no idea that that's what was leading us. That's what. That's where. That's how we were making our decisions based on this system. Like for instance, last week I mentioned the culture and I mentioned um, a belief system and I also mentioned um, the world uh, the church as a gathering place. And I said that um, at times we don't realize it, but belief has two meanings. One of those meanings is a meaning that says that God is supreme. We believe that God is in charge, but then another meaning of belief could also be a self-serving one that says that is not based on God at all. And then now we're introducing a combined system. We're going to talk about that later, combined system, where it's culture and church combined. So we have to be clear on what it is we believe in. So in the Greek, the Greek word for eternity is derived from age or a cycle of time. You know, this term, it conveys a sense of everlasting duration and timeless existence that's key for where we're going timeless existence outside of the context of seasons outside of the context of time now in hebrew the word eternity is often used to convey the concept of time extending indefinitely indefinitely encompassing both the past and the future. That's important to remember. It encompasses the past and the future. It's also associated with the idea of something perpetual, something that is everlasting. Again, outside, outside of the concept of time, outside of the concept of um, seasons um now let's talk about the word better because we're going to marry those two tonight um in the greek better signifies an improvement in quality superiority or a higher standard in comparison to something else so it's better quality it's referencing the quality or the superiority or the higher standard in comparison to something else. We're going to talk more about that in a few moments. And the reason why I'm focusing on these two words, because the alignment of better and the ultimate improvement or fulfillment for human beings is linked to the eternal nature of God. And to the promises of everlasting life. And it's reflected in Hebrews 7:22 where it says in the NIV version, because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a guarantor, I'm sorry, of a better covenant, a better covenant. And see this verse it speaks to Jesus having that better covenant. It's highlighting the improvement it's highlighting the superiority of the new covenant that's established through him. Through him. Then there's Hebrews 9 and 15. In the NIV version, it says, For this reason, Christ is the mediator. He's the mediator of the new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free. From sins committed under the first covenant. So these passages, they underscore the alignment of better and the eternal nature of God's promises. They are central themes to Christian understanding of improvement, of ultimate fulfillment. This is why we desire better. It's already in us. To desire better. This is why we desire the promises of God, the the richness of his covenant, because it leads us, it brings us, it aligns us with ultimate fulfillment, ultimate fulfillment. Now, with that said, let's go to Hebrews 8. That's where we're going tonight. And I'm going to read it in the Common English Bible. Okay, and so that's the version that I'm going to read it in. So in Hebrews eight, verse one, it says, now, the main point of what we're saying is this. We have this kind of high priest. He sat down at the right side of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Now, let me pause there because I want to make it clear that Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is known as the book of It's just known as the book of better. Paul is talking to them because he's trying to get them to understand that the old covenant, the old way of doing things, the old laws have passed away. He's trying to get them to understand that Jesus has since come. And what Jesus represents is better. Jesus bought and paid for us. Through his blood on the cross when he died, when he uh, descended, then when he ascended, when he rose from the grave and now he's sitting at the right hand of the father and he is talking to God about us directly to God about us. So we don't need, Paul is trying to explain it. We don't need any other, we don't need any other type of sacrifices because in the Old Testament, their forefathers, the people he's talking to here, they brought the, the lamb sacrifice, the goat sacrifice, the different sacrifices that were required as a payment of sin, as a payment of 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 wrongdoing and the priests use these to, to present to God and to go to God on their behalf. But Paul is trying to explain to them that all that is done away with. We have Jesus now and Jesus is the better covenant. Jesus is the eternal covenant and what was done in the law is not eternal, but we have Jesus now and he represents our salvation, our eternal salvation. So he says in verse two, he's serving, speaking of Jesus as priest in the holy place, which is the true meeting tent that God, not any human being set up. The true meeting tent is in heaven. It is the holy place. Every high priest, verse three says, is appointed to offer gifts and to offer sacrifices. So it is necessary for this high priest to also have something to offer. So he saying, we've seen it done in the natural. We know from our forefathers that in Moses' um, era, that this is what they did. This is what they did. So we understand that it must be done. So that means that if we're not doing it any longer, who's doing it? And he's trying to explain to them, is Jesus now doing it? You don't need to do that anymore because what Jesus offered, his blood is far better than anything you can present. It's better than your goat sacrifice, your lamb sacrifice, your animal sacrifices, your uh, sacrificial offerings of fruit. It's better than all of that. It's better than what was based on the law. And he said, those things, Those type of serving, that way of serving, that way of repenting, they serve in a place that is now a copy and it's a shadow. Serving according to the law, presenting all of your religious activities is a copy and it's a shadow of the heavenly meeting tent. This is indicated where Moses was warned by God when he was about to set up the meeting today, when God told him, see that you follow the pattern that I showed you on the mountain in every detail. I believe that's in Jeremiah. But then in verse six, it says, but now Jesus has received a superior priestly service, just as he arranged a better covenant that is enacted with better promises. And he's trying to explain to them that there is is no service. There is is no um, amount of sacrificing that you can do that's going to be better than what Jesus did. Nothing's going to be better than what Jesus did. If I could just get you to believe that Jesus did this, then you will understand. You will align. Your, the systems will guide you. You will allow the system that is the Lord Jesus Christ to guide you into that truthful and right standing place. But you trying to uh, in, uh, combine them both is not gonna be effective. It's gonna be one or the other. Verse five is our key verse here, where it says they serve. And remember, I'm in the common English version. the bible they serve in a place that is a copy and a shadow of the heavenly meeting tent this is why moses was warned you you create according to what you build you set the meeting tent according to what i show you every little detail is a shadow it is a copy. We are talking tonight about, remember, serving in the shadow, serving in the shadow. And we see here that the priest, they made offerings. He's he's saying that, you know, the priests what they're doing, their service, the sacrifices that are, are of all, all of that was a shadow. It was a copy. It was a copy. I now I'm trying to bring you into into the realness of the new covenant and you prefer to operate in the copy verse 7 says if the first covenant if the copy and the shadow didn't have any thought had been without fault it says it wouldn't have it wouldn't made it wouldn't have made sense to expect a second. Christ did all, I mean Christ, God did all that he did in the Old Testament, the way he instructed Moses, because he was trying to show them how things are done in heaven. He was giving them a copy, a shadow of it, but they're stuck in the copy. They're stuck in the shadow. They want to do the things that their forefathers did because that's what they know. That's what they believe. And they're following the system of what they believe, not understanding that that system has them following a copy and a shadow of a new covenant all by the Lord Jesus Christ that they're completely ignoring. They can have the real tangible thing, eternal life, the real tangible covenant better. They can have it, but they can't seem to let go of what they had, uh, what their ancestors have done. And verse 7 again says, if the first covenant had been without fault, meaning there was fault there, there were issues there, your ancestors couldn't keep that and neither will you be able to keep that. This is why we have the sacrifice of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is an eternal Eternal sacrifice, meaning it is forever. It it does, it is not within a time, it is not within a season. It lies at rest outside of time. It rests outside of seasons. So, in order to receive that better, to receive the eternal promise, the eternal promise, you're gonna have to look at what is not tangible. You have to look at what is not tangible. It says, but God did not find fault with them in verse eight. Since he says, look, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a covenant with the house of Israel and I will make a new covenant with the house of Judah. Number nine, it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they did not continue to keep my covenant and I lost interest in them, says the Lord. Verse 10, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'm going to put my laws in their mind. I'm going to put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I'm going to place my laws in their mind. I'm going to write it on their heart. Now, remember I mentioned earlier, uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11, which says God has set, he set, he put eternity in the human heart. In every human soul is a God-given awareness that there is something more than this transient world. And with that awareness of eternity comes a hope and an understanding of better and a fulfillment of better. That is not to say that God does not want us to have better on the earth. So don't go locking yourself away in the obscurities of suffering or attempting to create a suffering path for yourself. The suffering is going to find you. It's not going to be a perfect life. But you have to consider while the Bible says we will suffer in this world in John 16 and 33. He also wants John 10 and 10. In the Amplified Bible where it says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. This means that something, something more meaningful, meaningful than material wealth, and uh, prosperity, uh, Colossians 3, 2 and 3, and Matthew 6, 25 to 32, it begins with salvation. It begins, guess what? Guess what? Better, better begins with the acceptance of the eternal thing, which is salvation. Salvation from, listen, better can't even begin until you understand eternity. And you you won't understand eternity until you receive salvation. Salvation is that free gift from God that says, if you just believe on me, if you just believe on me, you seek me out, I'm going to to be right there. If you just believe on me, I, myself, I got to say, Jesus is saying, I have died that you might have eternal life, salvation, salvation. I'm going to forgive your sins if you just Seek me out. Accept this free gift of salvation. Now you have relieved yourself of the suffering penalty of sin, Romans 6.23. Now you have an abundant or full life. And foremost, more than anything, you have eternal life. You've already got better. Now let's see if we can get you to live In that system of better, because living in the system of better requires that you live with an eternity mindset. To live with an eternity mindset means you have to live outside of seasons and outside of time, because that's where God is, that's where Jesus is. So you have to remember eternal life, it consumes both past. And future. So you have to wrap your mind around the fact that eternity includes yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Once you accept that, you'll be operating from a heavenly perspective. It's outside of time. Do you understand? Do you understand? The abundant or full life, it means gaining a heavenly perspective. That's in Romans 12 and 2. It's leading to a growing, a growing trust that grows every day and knowledge of God. That's in 2 Peter 3, 18. It means that you're growing, that you're becoming, um, uh, uh, that you're blossoming like a flower into uh, the full fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is a type of better that takes you outside of the shadow or the form of godliness and into the new covenant that Jesus has established in verse 12 of Hebrews 8. See, verse 13, if I'm continuing, it says, when it says new, it makes the first obsolete. And if something is old and outdated, it's close. To disappearing. It's close to disappearing. When we talk about the new covenant that was bought with Jesus' blood, when we talk about the new covenant, that may automatically, once we believe that the old covenant is obsolete, it's obsolete. It was just a shadow, it was just a copy. You were only supposed to practice, you weren't supposed to live there. You weren't supposed to serve there. You weren't supposed to adopt its religious practices. You were only supposed to practice. You're only supposed to practice, but we took it on as being our permanent form. And we're stuck and seasons and times, and we can't get to that place where Jesus operates eternity because we won't admit or won't accept the eternity that God has already placed in our mind and in our hearts. It's already there. All you have to do is receive it. And day by day, you will grow into it. You will grow up into that perfect form that is Christ Jesus, that stature, you will grow up into it. Uh, Let's see, where was I at? As with serving, sacrificing in the copy or in the shadow of what was prepared to prepare us for better, get it? As with serving, sacrificing in the copy or the shadow of what was prepared it was only prepared to prepare us for better. So let me say it like this. Um, let's put it in the format that I gave you on last week. Remember I said I was going to show you the systems, our belief systems, and how they um, have an impact on how we perceive and act on the aspects of our lives, whether that be through a church system, the gathering place, or culture, the world system, or king, that be the Lord Jesus Christ. Because again only one of these represent eternity. Only one of them do. And that would be the one that operates in the Lord Jesus Christ. So tonight let's consider the church, right? Let's start there. The church, remember last week I gave you like uh, the church system—the most common four parts of the church system. The guiding authority, which is where Christ assumes the guiding authority, holding supreme power over it. And I reference Ephesians one twenty-two and four and fifteen, and Colossians one and eighteen. And uh, let's see what else. Yeah, and then um, um, those systems or those. Operating um, principles in that system was the also the self governance structure where the church operates devoid of authority or control, um, according to Titus one and five. External, I'm sorry, external authority or control. Also, I mentioned the spiritual leadership structure, which is the church's governance. And then I mentioned the collaborative ministry model where uh, people work together in their different gifts to build up the vision um, that's set by the leader of that particular church. So if you believe, if your belief is in the church alone, right? you're persuaded um, by uh, the Greek word belief right? You have confidence in the church system. It has all four courts, that part that I just mentioned, uh, being one system. This includes that, that guiding authority and, and God and, 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 and recognizing God as that guiding authority. However, however, remember I mentioned last week that belief has two meanings. It has two meanings another meaning is pastio. remember that in the greek and um this is when your belief is not based on a sacred meaning meaning you don't you're not you're not so much concerned with that first part that god part that authority part so your belief when it comes to the church is not necessarily in god but more self-serving your faith is more or less moving in a combined um um, let me see. Um, uh, Remember, I told you a system that there's different kinds of system, and one of them in the Greek is sistomai, and that is one that combines that combines two different uh, systems. So, in this particular case, it would be combining the culture, which is the world, and it would be combining the the, the four church four parts of the church system. So, one is combined with the church and the culture. And that's the second one, that's the synestim, right? Okay, so that brings me right back to repeating Hebrews um, eight in in verse four, where it says, if Jesus was located on earth, he wouldn't be a priest because there are already others who offer gifts based on the law, based on what they believe they're supposed to do, based on their religious practices, Based on what their the systems of their religious practice tell them that they should be doing. Verse five a says they serve in a place. Remember that is a copy and a shadow of the heavenly meeting tent. But if I go down to verse six, it says, but now Jesus has received a superior priestly service, just as he arranged. Again, we're at the better covenant that is enacted with better promises, because we know that if the first covenant was all of that if the religious practices, if God received those, if he wanted those, he would have never found fault with them. He would have never done away with it. It was his intent all along to do away with the practice. So we can't allow our belief system to lie or rest or live In a practice, because if it lives in a practice, if our belief system lives in a practice, our belief system is one of a shadow. We are operating in a shadow, not in what is. Not in what is. Verse 4 again, if Jesus was located on earth, he wouldn't be a priest because there were already others who offered gifts based on the law. So now the question becomes the gifts, the services that are being offered. Are they based on the law or on the new covenant? What do you believe? Are they based on the law or the new covenant? Are we coming from a system that represents the church, those uh for that I mentioned with God as the reigning authority or are we coming from a system are we believing from a system where we've cut the God part out and we're just looking at the other three organisms of that system and now we are in a place where we've combined what we know of world and culture and we've combined the two you know to to get our brand to get our brand to get to get our, to get how our, we were taking what we understand from the world and combining it with our, with our, what we understand about the church, the gathering place. We was completely, um, self indulgent and we've left God out of it all together. So our, our gifts. Are our, are, is our serving are they in the form of uh, serving a shadow? or are we serving the true and living God? Are we serving a shadow of God? Or are we serving the true and living God? Are the gifts are the services? are the sacrifices? are they offered because of religious practices that dictate that they be so? Do we have some type of religious practice in our minds from our forefathers that says it must be done this way? It should be done this way. Or are we leaning not to our own understanding and in all of our ways, as our services, our sacrifices, in all of our ways, are we allowing God to lead us or have we stripped the church of that part? And we just added what we know from the world to the systems that we choose to take of the church, to the parts of the system that we choose to take of the church. And we create our own shadow of what it is that we believe God wants. When he's clearly making it clear that I sent Jesus, myself, in the flesh to uh, shed blood, to be that sacrifice for a new covenant. So that you can have the gift of salvation that you now refuse to take because you prefer the shadow. That's like saying rather than having the quality bag, uh, the the like I like um, microcores. I mean they make luggage, right? But their their bags are like their luggage. They're, I could buy one and have one for the rest of my life. I like stuff like that. So I rather so I'm going to say I don't want the microcores bag. I'll take the imitation. I will take the imitation because that's less money. So that's not gonna cost me much of a sacrifice. That's less money. And if it, if it breaks or anything like that, then I can always blame the maker of that. I don't have to accept any blame, even though it was my choice to take, to take the shadow or the likeness or the thing that was similar to rather than taking the original, right? Okay, so because one is serving in the shadow, and the other is serving in the new covenant. Now we're talking about two different systems. One is yielding an effect. Effect, remember, something that alters an artistic work in order to enhance the illusion or the reality or heighten the dramatic appeal. So one is offering that effect that we want of a supposed belief, a belief to affect, to produce that emotional response in a specific time, in a specific season. Because a shadow can't operate in eternity. A shadow can only operate in specific times and specific seasons. It can't comprehend eternity. It can't comprehend what lies beyond itself, beyond the season, beyond the time. Remember I said last week, um, I gave you an example and said, okay, just because it's the ninth month doesn't mean that we're birthing. Everybody in the world that's in God is birthing something. It doesn't mean that just because it's the ninth month, nor does it mean just because in April we celebrate Easter. And before that, uh, we know from the Bible around that time, uh, Judas appeared. doesn't mean that there's going to be a Jew. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that now we're operating. And to think that would mean we're operating off a religious paradigm, where we're, we're associating, we're using something that God gave us to determine the seasons of our lives. To say that every 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 time that season have, every time that time in the month happens, it has to be that, and it doesn't have to be that. I could be birthing in February. I could be birthing in January. I could be birthing in March, April, May, June, July. It doesn't have to be September. Judas is is year round from what I've learned. So now it doesn't have to come in April. It doesn't have. So we have to get out of that. We have to use the the analogies that God give us, gives us to understand. He gives us these things that we can see to understand what we cannot see. But instead, we've married a practice to it. All it was meant to do was give us the idea of what is happening in our lives, but instead we've married a ritual to it. We can't, that would be operating or serving in the shadow. The other operating, um, the other operation, um, in eternity, meaning operating timeless, uh, without in outside of season, outside of time, um, that affects; um, it makes a difference. Um, to um, effect, it brings about a power, and it brings about a result. So, operating in eternity causes us, causes us to operate outside of time, outside of season, to to uh, to to manifest the power of God as a result of what it is that we actually believe. See, a lot of times we don't understand that sometimes we are, we're telling what we believe by what manifests. Without having said a word, we're telling what we believe. We're telling where we operate. We're telling what system is guiding us. Is it a system inclusive of religious practices, religious paradigms, religious serving? then we are in a shadow. We are in a shadow. If every year this time, this has to happen or this is happening, that's a shadow. That's a shadow because times and seasons are for us. God gave them to us so that we would know, have a visual of what he's doing in our lives at any time. They're not married to a particular time or month. Why? Because God's not. God does not operate in seasons and time. That's us. That's a natural thing. He used a natural thing to teach us a spiritual thing, but we've taken that natural thing and we're making it the thing. We're making it God. And we're using it to guide all of our, how we serve God. We're using it to guide how how we win and how we sacrifice. When and how we praise, when and how we pray, when God is said, Jesus is saying, I've already submitted ever so kindly my blood. So that you can have the gift. It's a gift. So there's nothing you can do. There's no sacrifice that you can give me. There is no religious practice. There is no servanthood that you can give me that's going to outweigh my gift to you. And, it, and guess what? None of those things are going to earn my gift to you either because it's a gift. Because now you only have to choose whether or not to accept it. And what God is calling for us today is to recheck exactly what it is that we are believing because it is that system that is guiding us, it's guiding our choices, it's guiding our when, where, how, and who. It's guiding all of that. And some of us are following systems that are not associated with the new covenant that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are operating in a shadow. We're operating in a shadow of what was. It doesn't even exist anymore. God doesn't even acknowledge it anymore. He only recognizes the one door he's given us to walk through, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So go back and listen to this. Make sure you get your notes down and we're going to come back next week and continue with our series. Remember mindset matters. How, what we believe, how our faith affects and effects our reality and we don't even realize it, and we don't even know. So I'm challenging, I'm challenging you in this time. God is challenging you in this time. If you're under the sound of my voice, God is challenging you. I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, God is challenging you. What is it that you believe? What is it that you believe? Do you believe in in a shadow, which is a practice of God? Or do you believe in the true and the living God? If you believe today that Jesus died for your sins, if you believe that he was resurrected, he rose on the third day. So if you believe that he was born and that he died and that he rose on the third day and he's sitting at the right hand of the father right now talking about you. Tell God, I believe you. I want you. I believe in you. I receive your gift of salvation. I receive it today. And I invite you to come into my life. I receive that eternal, that uh, that I receive the gift of eternity that you already place in my mind and in my heart. And I'm asking you now, God, to reveal it to me, to show it to me, to teach it to me. I don't care who you are, how young, how old. Ask God, teach it to me, teach, show me, show me eternity, show me what that means. Show me, show it to me in my mind, show it to me in my heart, wrap my mind around that principle, wrap my mind, wrap my heart around that principle, because I want to operate Outside of the context that is uh, Caesar's and times, because I know Jesus that that's where you are. And the word of God tells us that in Christ, we live and we breathe. And that's where we have our being in him. In him. And if you receive him today, if you receive the free gift of salvation that God is offering today, you now live in him. And he lives outside of eternity, outside of seasons, and outside of time. You have better already. You have better already. And better is wrapped in the eternity that he's already put inside of you. Already in your hearts, remember I said, and already in your minds. Okay, let me pray with you before you go. Father God, I thank you today. I just thank you today for life, I thank you for health. I thank you for strength. I thank you for peace. I thank you for everything that you're doing today. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and the minds of the people that are under the sound of my voice. I thank you that my voice is traveling throughout the airways and people are receiving your free gift of salvation right now. I thank you, God, that it doesn't matter what we have been through, what we have done, but you said that you will forgive our sins and that you would cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. That means that you will not hold it against us. You don't know it anymore. And you count us a new creature in you. And I thank you, God, that you are now unwrapping and unfolding the wisdom the wisdom of eternity in the hearts and the minds of your people. Thank you for teaching us how to walk in it with you. Thank you, God, for teaching us how to speak into it like you. Thank you, God, for the authority that you've given us in and through you. Thank you, God, that eternity rests in us, rests On us, around us, it surrounds us and it guides us. Thank you, God, that the systems of eternity are being revealed to us right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that they're unfolding before us and making their presence known and guiding our footsteps, God. Thank you for holding us up, God, that our foot wouldn't slip. Thank you, oh God, for taking us through those narrow places that only your wisdom could pull us through. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done for us and are doing for us and how you're making us fresh and are new and you are reformat, reforming us into your ways, and into your mindset. Thank you that shadows, Shadows, religious systems and practices are passing away. Thank you that our eyes of discernment are open, are open to see the true and the living God. Thank you that we will follow the false no longer, but we reach God for you, the true and the living God. In Jesus' name, I pray. I pray. I thank you so much for joining me on this evening. If you would like to donate to this podcast, uh, the information is at the bottom of your screen. Thank you all who do donate to this podcast. It helps me to keep things on air as you know, the different things that it takes to run and get across to the different streaming outlets. They cost money. And I thank you all for donating to this podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. If you're under the side of my voice, just know that I'm praying for you. I don't have to know your name. I am praying for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit to give utterance to God of what you need in this season and in this time in your life as God, as Jesus begins to teach you how to operate outside of time and outside of seasons. I thank you again for listening to me. And remember, until next week, do not let go. Hang on in there. God is doing a marvelous thing in you and he's doing it for you right now. Have a good evening.
0: Thank you so much for you. We had to let uh, this go. You're too late for We have done this track, lockers. Every second, we just kicked it. No matter how rough takes, no matter how hard it is. <laughs>